0: yes
1: by the way I can't see you
0: uh, that's weird <laughs> oh hold on I, think
1: I, I can hear you okay
0: hold on I think I, are you able to see me now yep Okay. I don't have a little box for myself so.
1: really oh you're you're gone again that's so weird you're like going down hold on that's fine Let's see Oh, you're back.
0: Okay, there we go. Now I have a box for myself, and I'm gone again, right?
1: Technology is difficult. Okay. And you're gone.
0: Okay. <laughs> I think it's going to keep doing that.
1: It's. It looks like it's going to keep doing that, uh, I guess, as long as the sound works.
0: Okay. It's
1: all right.
0: Hopefully that'll... Uh, I'll try to update up before next time, and... That's fine. Huh. Okay, so, so <laughs> basketball diaries. Yeah, um,
1: I watched it last night.
0: Okay, what did you think in general?
1: In general, I think uh, old baby Leo is is very good. <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing I took
0: away from it that he's a really good actor. I, was... I
1: mean, otherwise, it was like it was good. It was pretty well done.
0: To kind of prep, I was watching, like, interviews with him from that time when he was, like, promoting it. Um, And it's one of those things that it's bizarre to kind of see him then, where, like, he was still kind of uncomfortable doing interviews.
1: That's so funny.
0: And, like, you know, now he's an old pro. He could do whatever. But, like, back in those days, like, he was a really great actor, but... Doing, David Letterman was kind of weird.
1: Sorry, what? Did, what was the last thing you said? I, I lost uh, Doing it.
0: David Letterman for him was kind of weird.
1: Whoa, wait. Okay, now I can't see or hear you.
0: <laughs> oh fuck.
1: Oh no, it's reconnecting. Okay. Now I see you.
0: Okay, can you hear me?
1: Alright, <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, it was like, it was totally... Alright, what were you saying? <laughs>
0: um, so, um, I guess at that time, he was a good actor and playing Jim Carroll wasn't a... It wasn't difficult for him, but being on Letterman was sort of... Harder. <laughs>
1: He's, he's very method. He doesn't like the spotlight,
0: but he disappears
1: in his characters, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think where to bounce off from. Um, so, were you aware of the movie prior to...
1: Was I aware of the movie or yeah. of the... What the movie was about, or both? I was I was aware of it, uh, but I didn't really know it was a... I, I knew it existed, and I knew it was about a real person, but I didn't like. I didn't really know anything about this realized person it was a at all. Flick. Um, what?
0: Realize it was a heroin movie. What was that? Uh, realize it was a heroin movie.
1: Like, I did, but I didn't know it was, uh, it was, uh, about a, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was about drugs, but I didn't know it was just about drugs.
0: <laughs> I remember when, because I saw this when I was, like, 14. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was, like, starting to write poetry and being interested in, like, sort of, like, now I can't see you. Uh, oh, hi. <laughs> um, being interested in bands like um, The Velvet Underground and things like that. And, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my dad was like, oh, you should check out The Basketball Diaries. And I'm like, Dad, why would I give a fuck about The Basketball Diaries?
1: <laughs> That's a funny thing for a dad to suggest, <laughs> to watch.
0: Well, I think he realized that, like, I was interested in, like, The Doors and, like... hmm He realized I had... uh, My favorite genre of, like, books were people doing heroin.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, this is perfect for you, then.
0: (laughs) At the time. Um, Did you really like this movie at the time? Like, was uh, he correct in recommending it? Yeah, when I was, like, 14, this was, like, my favorite movie. I can see that. And, like... I was really into, I was really into the Jim Carroll band because, um, oh, because Marilyn Manson covered a Jim Carroll song, like, in his early days, and there's, like, a YouTube video, uh, he had covered, um, what's it called, um, People Who Died, um, which is in the movie, and kind of- yeah. Like, I heard the song, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, he keeps singing about <laughs> all his friends that died, but it's really, like, fun and upbeat. And yeah, I, I was watching a Jim Carroll interview just before, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, you. I remember when that song came out, and you were like, those are people who died, died. And I, that was sort of what I was into for Jim Carroll. Like, was,
1: like, like upbeat, dark.
0: Yeah, dark, but, like, funny.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I was
0: able to, like, get some humor, and then, like, I read the book, and I watched the movie, and, like, um, besides the little part that's in the movie, have you heard People Who Died?
1: Um, actually, no. Not before this movie.
0: Okay. Um, it's also in E.T., apparently. But... Really? I haven't watched E.T. in a while. Where? So... I don't hmm. know, um, but um, he has, uh, but like in the song, he's literally listing just friends of his who died and how they died, um, mm-hmm. and like kind of like watching the movie and then reading the book, like you're like, oh, I remember that, <laughs> or like from the song, from the song where like he'll kind of be like, oh. Herbie pushed Tony from the Boys Club roof, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's a thing that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was all just a silly song, but uh, I guess these were all his actual friends.
1: I guess, like, when you hear it in a song, you don't think of it as, like, having been something that happened, especially when it's so, like... Light
0: sounding. Right. And, like, even though, like, I always knew, like, everything was, like, macabre about it. Like, I was like, oh, it's just a stupid fucking song. And then I was like, oh, these are actual people.
1: And especially, like, the way it's... If I'm remembering right, the way it's used in the movie is after uh, the friend's funeral, they're all playing basketball in the yeah. rain and like laughing and screaming. Yeah. And I think I I was first like, because the lyrics were so on the nose, I was kind of like, what that, like, I thought it was like a little bit too, it fit a little bit too perfectly. And it was unsettling. But, um, but I think it like makes a lot of sense with yeah. the type of song that it is.
0: Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been standing by that. Uh, I've taken up the opinion recently that that album is like an underrated punk classic um, that doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. nearly enough. Um, I think part of that's just because I'm a big Jim Carroll fan, but um,
1: were you a big Jim Carroll fan before this movie or like during this movie?
0: Um, I think I saw the movie first and. Because this came out in, like, 1996 or something. Yeah. Um, 1995. Oh, so, right. So I was one. <laughs> um,
1: no, I mean, I, I figured you saw it later in life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't think you saw it at the premiere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was one, I saw Jim Carroll and <laughs> I realized that's what I wanted to
1: Yeah, um, Be it for Fan, <laughs> only true fans see Jim Carroll right movie.
0: out the gate. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I ever have children, I am gonna make them listen to people who died when they're one.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> make well, them aware of mortality. Um, Good sorry. I think I, I think the movie was my first introduction to Jim Carroll, and then it kind of like led to me, like, reading his poetry. I read the book The Basketball Diaries and the follow-up The Downtown Diaries, um, which I don't know if it's necessarily... I think that being a film adaptation, like, helped it. Um,
1: like, helped the book, you it, mean?
0: Yeah, well, it, like... It helped, like, actually put, like, a narrative there as opposed to, like... The book reads more like a series of episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, because it is, like, diary entries. And then, like, going and, like, you know, it doesn't piece together as nicely as the movie does.
1: Well, like, the movie does have, like, obviously, like, a coherent plot. But something I did notice was it did feel kind of episodic. Like, I noticed that... There were points where like it would just kind of fade to black and then right. cut to the next scene as if it was like a break for commercial <laughs> or like or like the the next chapter. Like, there was like just, yeah. and, like it it kind of felt like yeah. a little episodic in the way like you would read a journal because a journal isn't, you know perfectly linear. I mean, this was linear, obviously. like it had a flowing storyline through it, but it did feel kind of choppy
0: right and i think just because they were able to like rearrange sort of the different entries it form it got more coherent as opposed to where it's still choppy in that sense it's uh, when you read the diaries like you know there'll be like entries where like one character comes up and then like they never come up again or, like, yeah. you know, having watched the movie first, I'm trying to, like, piece together the different parts and things like that. And, like, I don't think there was actually, like, a moment that he got kicked out of his house.
1: So, yeah, I guess because, um, you can't, like, be writing in a journal, you can't document everything so it's so coherent. And, right. so are you saying that, like, there were parts that were probably, like, didn't happen exactly that way, or, like, didn't happen so quickly right. and clearly.
0: Well, one of the things I remember, like, when I was reading the diaries, too, um, which, at the time, I didn't necessarily agree, but I kind of think it now more so, was I remember, like, talking to my mom about it, and my mom saying, um, oh, well, you know, he he didn't publish the diaries as they were. He probably went in, edited it, and, like, fluffed it up and, like, you know, made certain parts more dramatic than they probably actually were, Um, which is what I think happened in the book, and I think the movie kind of did that also just kind of... Well, definitely did that because it's a movie. It's not a thing you're reading, and then... Like, uh, and then like added like a sort of running pl- uh, plot line to it.
1: Yeah,
0: if that sort of makes sense.
1: Yeah, it it that makes sense. Like it, it seemed like there were parts in there that were just kind of put in just to like make it a little bit easier to follow. Like, right? Not easier to follow, but like. You know more attractive from like a storytelling standpoint like if this was more if this was more uh choppy like even choppier than it was, it would be super depressing I mean it's already pretty depressing but, like um but it it there needed to be like some kind of coherence so like just the idea of um uh like things coming back later uh, that don't really happen in real life, like in the way that uh, the prostitute uh, offered him a favor and he told her no in, like, a really shitty, douchey way, and then years later he needed something from her. And I was like, that's a little, you know, like, that's very poetic.
0: <laughs> that didn't really happen. Um, I'm also thinking about um, when his basketball coach like propositions him and then he's getting a blow job mm-hmm. in it's in the book it's grand central <laughs> i think it's just kind of a shitty restroom in the movie um <laughs> they
1: couldn't get grand central <laughs>
0: they they were already working on cleaning up grand central by then oh um, my god but um he w- But, like, when he, like, sees, like, the basketball coach, like, you know, mentally, like, he doesn't touch on that in the book at all. He t- talks about the basketball coach, like, propositioning him, but, like, he doesn't – it never comes up again.
1: Because it's possible that it just didn't come up again. Like, it just right. didn't ha- It was only right. that one time.
0: Right. And then, like, uh, you know – a hundred pages later, he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm letting someone suck my dick in Grand Central, um, so that I can afford to buy more heroin." And like, it doesn't come. Like, he doesn't like think like us. Oh, like when um, what's coach's name? I feel like it was Rusty, Swifty, Swifty, but close,
1: <laughs> similar idea,
0: right? So like there's things like that that like when you watch the movie it's like fun and cool and like you know it it is sort of a sexy depiction of heroin abuse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Like there's something there's something really like like attractive about it based on this movie. No, I mean it's not. Like it's still pretty like ugly and horrible. It's
0: bleak, but like You're watching Leo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg do.
1: I mean, to be fair, Leo DiCaprio does, in this movie at least, look like the person he's playing. Like a young Jim
0: Carroll. No, very much so. Um, Because I remember even when, like, because Jim Carroll has his little um, cameo in there. Um, He does? Oh, yeah, uh, there's the moment okay. that he's talking to, like, the junkie, um, like, in, like, a drug den, and, you know, he's saying something that's sort of, like, faux poetic, and, like, <laughs> you know, he, he sounds like he's, like, strung out as hell, and that... And that was, was Jim Carroll. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, I remember that scene.
0: Yeah. um, And, like, when you look at the two side by side, like... Leo's better looking, in my opinion. Um, but I
1: mean, it's hard to it's hard to compete, you know. Nineties yeah. <laughs> Leo.
0: But like, if someone told me like these two guys are related, I wouldn't have been shocked.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and like Leo he's a great actor and he's very good at ugly crying, but he also kind of like just in general, not just in this movie, but like he kind of all of his like, you know, scenes where he's having a breakdown or crying or screaming or or doing something dramatic. He like, he does it with like such a beautiful flourish. Like, like, I don't know. Like he's, he, everything he does is just like, so graceful (laughs) and, and it's, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I can see how this movie could be criticized for, like, romanticizing it a little bit. Although I don't really think that's what the intent was at all. Right. Because well, this movie didn't make me
0: want to try heroin. <laughs> like, right. I remember when I first watched it, I was so like, weird. oh, I can't. I'm like, I would never want to do heroin. But I think, <laughs> I think that's sort of one of those things where, like, what like, to use a more recent example, um, do you, do you know the book Meet Me in the Bathroom?
1: I know the book. I did not, I have not
0: read it. Okay, um, well, that came out this year, and, like, you know, it's all about heroin, and, like, doing coke, and, like, you know, New York City, like, you know, Mm -hmm. rock from, like, a certain decade, and, like, You know, you read that, and, like, you know, they're talking about all the ugly, like, stuff that comes with heroin addiction and, like, you know, people dying doing it. But, like, I do think that, like, no matter how ugly it can get, when no matter how you try to, like, portray drug culture, there's always something sort of sexy about it. And, like...
1: And... uh, and Yeah, I think I guess it has to be that way because if you're looking at it from the perspective of someone who was once really into it, like even if you're a recovering addict, like there was some something about it was attractive to you, like something was romantic and like
0: yeah, fun. (laughs) There was something at the beginning that like it was cool and like you know you do heroin and mm -hmm. you're jerking off on a rooftop. Um,
1: Yeah, as you do.
0: But then, like, then you end up asking, you know, screaming at your mom to give you $20. Oh, that was so sad. (laughs) It's so intense. Um, Yeah. But, like, you can't have, you know, no one, no one tries heroin for the first time and thinks, like, well, this sucks, and then becomes an addict. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not that I would
0: know, but, like, right, I'm, sure either,
1: it's, but... I'm sure it's an accurate depiction of, like, it started out really good, it was just on the weekends, and then it was so good, I did it on the week, and then it was every day. Like, right. It was it was very, like, I, I know, like, I've heard that's how it starts, right. and I believe that it's coming from someone who has done it before. <laughs>
0: um, my, <laughs> my one experience with someone that I know that has done heroin he told mm-hmm. me, he was, he said, uh, I can't do heroin because it's awesome.
1: That's very mature and a good oh, decision. He said,
0: he said, like, it was so great and I want to do it again. But like, he's like, I know if I keep doing it, I'm going to get hooked.
1: That's, that's a, a very wise decision.
0: Right. <laughs> um... Now I'm thinking about all the shitty poetry I wrote <laughs> when I was, like, trying to emulate Jim Carroll, and I'm like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I have to reference heroin and imagine what heroin is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, now you got
1: to try it for yourself to, uh, to be really Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um as great of an idea as that sounds.
1: Yeah, consider pass it on yeah. that one. <laughs>
0: um But yeah, um this was a controversial movie when it came out though, too. Um Yeah. Cause I think
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I'm scrolling through the Wikipedia page right now and it looks like there were like Two separate school shootings, or maybe three school shootings, that it kind of like got lumped in with. That people said like, oh, uh,
1: and the Columbine in particular, which happened like a, just a couple years after this movie. That scene where he goes in the black with the black trench I didn't know about the like controversy with Columbine related to this movie, but as soon as I saw him go into a classroom in a you black trench coat gone. with a gun, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I I see. I see the problem.
0: Right. And like, even like Jim Carroll like did an interview around the time the movie came out and when there were like mm-hmm. school shootings and things and they were like Asking him about that. And he said, well, you know, in the book it was a dream sequence. Which it is Mm -hmm. in the movie, but, like, even in the book it's more, like, glamorized. Where, you know, he's like, you know, I wish I could take a fucking AK-47 and, you know, shoot Father McNulty and, you know, Pedro Mm -hmm. and Mickey and all of them. And just blow him. And, like, it's one of those, like... It's really dark and intense, and it doesn't really make sense in the movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah, like, I feel like,
1: it, like that scene didn't need to
0: be there. Right. Like, like and, it
1: wouldn't. We wouldn't have lost
0: much. Right, and like that is super, just like gratuitous violence.
1: Yeah, like. I I understand if it was about, you know, like, explaining this character and, like, what kind of a person he is, that he would have a dream sequence like that where it's, like, a fantasy for him. But it was kind of long. And, right. and it didn't really add anything and after that.
0: It's not like... I guess it would kind of make sense if it was, like, right after, like, the priest is paddling him.
1: Yeah, but it, like, it kind of, like, it was placed in a weird spot in the movie.
0: Right, which I guess is sort of, like, in that sense it's sort of like the diary in that it's just random, but that that's where a diary, you you're aware that you're reading a diary as opposed to, like, watching a linear narrative and then like it's just just kind of like oh leo's shooting people <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um but yeah it's one of those things that like i don't know a lot of violence
1: it's it's interesting cuz i know um like it's- a big thing with the Columbine Massacre was the two perpetrators were, like, you know, skinny, blonde, white boys right. who didn't like anyone. And, like, it, it. I'm not saying they watched this movie and it inspired them to do this, right. but anyway, right. that, like, the aesthetic so of it. Mm-hmm, there were similarities.
0: Right. And, like... I kind of, like, on a podcast I listened to, they did, like, a little series on Columbine. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of talking about, like, it's one of those things where you don't want to, like, blame a movie for, like, inspiring people. And they said, like, you know, the, they weren't definitely inspired by anything. Because, I rem- like, Marilyn Manson was, like, someone that got a lot of heat during Columbine mm-hmm. because of what had happened yeah um, but like you know he said like they said like watching things like the basketball diaries were things that they were definitely like into mm-hmm. and like uh, they like
1: mm-hmm.
0: they said uh, the trench coat mafia was in Columbine High School right Uh, I don't know um, one of the things they said about uh, the trench coat mafia was, um, yeah, it was Columbine High School. I guess one of the kids just kind of like bought a trench coat, saying like, "Oh, hey, this looks cool," and then like all their other friends were like, "Yeah, that does look cool. We're all gonna get trench coats," and like they had like a picture in the yearbook for it. And everything, and then... oh
1: yeah, have you seen that? There's this super creepy uh, photo of like their class. This was like right before the shooting happened, and you can like see the perpetrators like standing, not smiling in the corner. It's like ugh.
0: Oh yeah, it's they're like,
1: wearing their trench coats.
0: It's all like unsettling. It's unsettling, yeah. and like the fact that like I remember I was on Tumblr like, this was probably a few months ago now, but recently enough, and, like, I was, like, trying to find, like, cool, like, mountain goat stuff, or, like, you know, Mm. stupid indie bands that I like, and, like, people said, uh, you know, I found, like, this one blog that, like, I forget what it was called, but he said, like, oh, I think, like, he goes, I think what Dylan and Eric did was, like, the right thing, and... Oh you see
1: I've found me for there's a whole uh, like there's audience like for cool this like too. people who are like hardcore defending like awful serial killers and yeah. uh people who perpetrate massacres at schools like people who you know like want to to empathize with them, and that that is upsetting. Like, if you really really go go deep deep into that hole, and I did, and and I was just, just, like, like, really really angry (laughs) afterwards.
0: And it's one of those things where, like, it makes sense when people are, like, interested in things like that. Like, you know. um, Yeah. I, uh, you know, I always kind of, like, rant to people, just kind of saying, like, I hate when people say, like, I'm into serial killers, because of course you are. But, like... (laughs) You know it, when people are actually like trying to like empathize and sort of say like oh well you know they had their reasons it like
1: it's I mean there are reasons saying, but they're, they're never good, good enough, enough reasons <laughs>
0: um it'd be like say it it'd be sort of like saying like oh I'm gonna do heroin because Jim Carroll did heroin <laughs> like I think the
1: whole thing with you know pointing to different, like, media at, that might have uh, contributed to a massacre like this, I feel like people kind of use it as a scapegoat. Like, right. Like, it's... I am sure that 90% of the reason whatever happened happened was not because of this one movie or this one whatever. Yeah. Um, but but it's interesting to think about. Like, yeah. when, when you look back Finding on the, the way it's... Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that was... Yeah. Because even when Columbine was a... When Columbine happened, like, I remember people... uh, I don't remember. From things I've read... um, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) um, People sort of saying, like, oh, well, you know, they liked, like, you know, goth rock and Marilyn Manson, and, you know, Marilyn Manson has a song called Get Your Gun, and...
1: Yeah, like, I think it's I think it's just easier for people to, like, point to a thing, like, a band or a song or a movie than to, to like, think about, you know, maybe there's a bigger issue here that we don't want to address. I, I don't know. Like, I think it's just very easy for people to just be like, it's your fault, and, like, point to some yeah. celebrity.
0: Where um, in the case of yeah. something like Columbine, like, the one guy was, like, a sociopath.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. like. I'm also you know I'm as much as the basketball diary scene kind of but rumps in the wrong way. I am trying to be a proponent of creative autonomy. Like I, right. I yeah. want people to to pick things the way that they happened and the way that they feel should be depicted. But it is it is it's interesting. One of those so, that,
0: like you end up like thinking about. Yeah, it's sort of it's similar to like the Louis CK thing that happened recently where yeah, excuse me where in the movie that was supposed to come out, he everyone said like oh, there's a scene where an executive masturbates in front of the uh, character that's Louis CK's daughter. And they said like that's a little too on the nose for everything that has happened.
1: Yeah, actually, um, there were some like when Louis C.K. hosted SNL like months before this this new story came out, and the sketches that he in that I'm sure he helped write because usually when comedians host a part of it, they did not age well. Like, yeah. there were like there was like more than one where he plays some kind of predator.
0: Right. I are you thinking of the like diner, the '50s diner sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. There
1: was another true. one where he plays, like, a guy who hires a birthday clown. Uh,
0: I feel like I saw that, but I don't remember it.
1: See, it's bad because I still think that that sketch is really funny. It's well, just, like hard, <laughs> like, it's just harder to watch now that I know what
0: I know. Well, it's one of those things where, like, I remember the one thing that, like, with everything that, like, has happened, the w- one instance where I got really mad was when the whole, like, brand new thing happened, and, mm-hmm. like, Jesse Lacey was, like, preying on teenage fans and things, which, no matter how long ago it was, it's still there, and yeah, he, uh, like, I remember looking at someone say, doing, like, a year-end list, and he was like, oh, my number one album is Science Fiction by Brand New. And um, yeah. I was sort of like, he was like, you know, he didn't mention Jesse Lacey like at all during it, but w- people came at him and he said like, well, you know, I'm able to separate the art from the artist, which it's one of those things where like sometimes shitty people make good art, but... I don't, it's one of those things where, like, I don't think I, I don't feel bad that I enjoyed brand new. I just, I'm not gonna go forward and talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I think because I'm a person who enjoys a lot of movies that were made by, you know, like there are a lot of horrible people in, in in Hollywood. And if I, if I stopped watching everything, but someone who's horrible, I would not have a lot left. Um, I mean, that's a bad excuse, but you know, like I, I feel less comfortable supporting it, but I think I've successfully separated the art from the artist in a way that I would never ask anyone else to do. Like I, I feel more comfortable like looking at it separately but uh, that also depends on what it is exactly. Like certain Woody Allen things that Woody Allen right. does in his movies it's, that it's like hard uh, to
0: separate the, <laughs> the artist. Uh, that yeah. happens with like brand new because like I was talking to someone and I was like, well, am I still able to listen to still- devil and God and not feel bad? And they were like, well, yeah, you know, that's a thing. And um mm-hmm. John Darnielle from The Mountain Goats talks about this, where he says, I hate when people say, you saved my life, when really they should say, your song saved my life. And, you know, I want to be complimented in the sense that I made a thing that was useful to you, not in the sense that I did something for you. Um, and, you know, I'm still able to listen to, like, Devil and God and be like, well, these songs mean a lot to me but I won't listen to, like, the song where Jesse Lacey sings about rape.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. It, I'm just, uh, I know, like, I was, I think Louis C.K. is, like, funny, but, like, I I don't feel great watching him now because I think it's so similar to, like, I feel like we shouldn't be as surprised as we were when right. it came up.
0: That was was the big.
1: He's kind of predatory because
0: yeah, that's like a
1: big part of his comedy, and I didn't realize that. Yeah, or I I pretended not to realize that. Well, I remember
0: everyone when the thing broke. Everyone sort of said like, "Oh, you know, there were signs of this," um, but like, I don't know. It's one of those things where like. I think also in the case of like Louis C.K., like, you know, when you watch like a Woody Allen movie or like you listen to Brand New, it's not all, you know, that person is not necessarily at the forefront.
1: Right. Um, like, I can enjoy other aspects
0: of it for right. sure. And like, but like, if you're watching Louis C.K. do stand up, that's just him.
1: If you're watching what?
0: if you're watching Louis C.K. stand up, it's all just him.
1: Yeah, like he, like he wasn't that subtle about like yeah. it's not like he was putting on Persona. <laughs> yeah,
0: um,
1: he kind of was this guy. It's just no one took him seriously. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's a thing. Like. It's bizarre now with everything from that because, um, you know, just kind of, like, hanging out in, like, the New York comedy scene. Um, I, I was at a mic not too long ago and someone said, like, oh, you know, when everything with Bill Cosby happened, you know, it was really easy for people to make fun of and make jokes about because no one really gives a shit about Bill Cosby. But, um the Louis C.K. thing is a lot harder because you're going to see guys come up here and make jokes about him, but they're also all ripping off his style.
1: Yeah. Um, That's true.
0: We're super influential, but can't. Um, Sorry, I thought I heard a noise. <laughs> I was like, someone's breaking it.
1: Yeah, by the way, I'm I'm in my grandma's apartment and she keeps it, like, 105 degrees in here so oh. that the fan is on. So I keep hearing this banging noise every time the thing hits the... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs>
0: um, Something about Louis. Oh, bad person.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> um, uh, unsmooth transition back to uh basketball diaries (laughs) (laughs) right um what did you think of the soundtrack and kind of how it like worked in terms of i
1: i i think the soundtrack especially um i think the opening song not the opening song but like the first song that plays i think it's during um the point where the boys are like running out of school and just kind of you know right. bumming around and they hop on the back of a truck, and the song that plays like i this is what made me think that I feel like this could potentially be a very standard stage musical, a good one, I don't know, but <laughs> That's
0: but, interesting.
1: but like if you but the way i the songs were. You know, obviously, like very autobiographical and very on the nose, and they were also pretty, you know, dramatic. I could see, I could see Leo, like, you know, like running out of school and hopping on the back of a truck and like singing this musical number about like just being the being a boy. <laughs> like, like I, I kind of kept thinking about that, it, like, especially because it. It matched so perfectly with, I think there was, I don't remember which song, but like when he was coming down from a bender and it's like, the room is spinning and the room started spinning. Like that felt very, um. Was
0: that Riders on uh, the Storm? Hmm? uh, During the basketball game?
1: No, um, it was was like when when he was was sitting in Ernie Hudson's apartment, I think.
0: Okay. I don't know what song that is, but.
1: I, I don't remember which song, but, like, there's a line where it says, the room is spinning, or, like, the world is spinning or something, and, and the room starts spinning. Um, and it felt very, like, it's, like, something that would happen in, in a musical. <laughs> it was just, it was very on the nose, and, like, I could really see, because he's so dramatic and so graceful, I can see Leo, like, like singing, like, a power ballad <laughs> a couple of times in, during this movie. That's
0: interesting. Would
1: it be a good musical? So. I don't know. I could imagine it going like the same way like Spider-Man did on Broadway. Like, like I could where, see
0: uh, hmm? uh elaborate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so like, the because Spider-Man the off the dark was like a huge disaster and right. people kept getting injured. Um but it was it was very it was very uh like it was all music was written by you two and it was I I could the way the songs were I listened to the soundtrack <laughs> um, I kind of see this movie like following a similar tone <laughs> so I, so like not necessarily good but like
0: uh,
1: I could see it happening like I, I could see someone trying to make it happen
0: <laughs> I could see that. Um, I guess I could anything I,
1: can be a musical. Carrie well,
0: yeah. was a musical, yeah. And like with sort of like what's been popular as like m- musicals and stage shows recently, like I can kind of see someone saying like, oh, "Yeah, I'm gonna adapt that Jim Carroll book." And like, yeah, I like
1: some... I can. I don't, I don't know if it would be, be a good decision, decision but, but I, I could like, like I could really see someone yeah. trying to make it happen.
0: Yeah, that's interesting
1: and it like gaining a cult following but not making enough money to, <laughs> to sustain
0: itself yeah and that makes sense to sort of like what you had said about the opening song where that's a Jim Carroll band song um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, but apparently on the soundtrack he recorded it with um, Pearl Jam um, yeah so like I could kind of like see where you're coming from with that <laughs> And I think that in that sense, I guess the music complemented it well.
1: Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know. Like, something about the tone made me really think of, uh, like, a very standard, like, opening musical
0: number. <laughs> um, and uh, even the song itself, like, lyrically kind of works, because he's yeah. singing about being a Catholic boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, yeah, you are. You sure yeah. are. I saw that. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah okay i could kind of see that and even like well even like the weird moment where like people who died played uh like you said before where it was right after the friend's funeral that's sort of how musicals sort of work sometimes
1: yeah yeah
0: so i guess that makes sense i hadn't considered that
1: so what i'm saying is i I think think we should fund fund this (laughs) of of the stage version
0: of this oh man (laughs) uh i don't i wonder if there would be an audience for jim carrey
1: there would there would be an audience for it but i don't know if the audience would be big enough to keep it on for more than like a few weeks (laughs)
0: another thing where it's sort of like spider-man except spider-man has its own built-in audience
1: yeah
0: um that's interesting um uh, i'm trying to think if it's funny because i think the first half of the movie was mostly like memorable music and then the latter half was a little bit more like good mood music
1: yeah, that, I guess the latter half was more, um, like, when the music started getting more distorted and, uh, like, less and pleasant to listen to when he was, you know, spiraling <laughs> drug addiction.
0: Um, I saw, uh, I'm just looking at the soundtrack, I guess there was a Soundgarden song at the closing, which is interesting. I don't know.
1: During
0: which point, I'm gonna guess it was probably the closing song just cut kind of, uh, like I'm gonna guess it was oh, okay. credits as opposed to like <laughs> normal scene um, um I thought the music was sort of weird for like kind of trying to like they didn't necessarily aim for historical accuracy?
1: No. I mean, what, do you know of anything specific that?
0: Well, so the book took place during the sixties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I had a feeling like, so it was updated to the nineties.
0: Yeah. And even like watching the movie as a whole, it's not necessarily like, screaming that it's in the 60s um yeah and I guess just kind of like putting like PJ Harvey and like Pearl Jam and even putting the Jim Carroll band in there even though it makes sense because it's his story Mm -hmm. none of it really fit as perfectly in the sense of the book
1: I would be curious to see a version of this that like takes place in the sixties. I feel like it would be a very different movie. Like, like even if nothing else changed except that it would it took place at the time then it that it did.
0: Uh I don't I don't know if it would be super different. I think I don't
1: know. Even just music and tone wise, like, like I feel yeah. like that would change some things.
0: Well, I guess like what they would probably do is like where the Jim Carroll band is playing they would probably like put in like rolling Stone songs yeah i
1: yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> i can um, see that
0: i don't know if it would i don't i don't think it would change a lot of the tone of the movie even like sonic even like sound wise
1: mm-hmm. i mean the only like, yes, but why did they change it to the 90s if they didn't, if they, like, maybe they thought that the 60s would be too disconnected from the audience?
0: I don't think they were necessarily trying to make it set in the 90s. I think it was more... Yeah, I are right. Like, it's so kind of timely ambiguous.
1: Um... Yeah, it's pretty ambiguous, because it's just, if you go based on, um, like, music and their clothing, I would say 90s, but, like, it's, it's otherwise, like, pretty unclear.
0: Right, and, like, you know, I guess, like, well, like, I think they tried to do 60s in some sense, where, like, the priest is, like, beating him.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that stopped and then I didn't go to Catholic uh, school, but hopefully
0: it stopped. When I was in Catholic school, it didn't happen. In
1: it didn't good. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All my family that went to Catholic school always tells me how good I have it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that's that's what I hear. It was a it was a difficult time.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think, other than like things like that, it's more sort of time ambiguous wise. yeah,
1: yeah, I guess so. It, it's it's kind of um it exists in its own little world world,
0: yeah, which I think kind of works for it because i I imagine if you get hooked on heroin now, it's probably not super different from
1: probably not
0: on heroin in the 60s Mm -hmm. um maybe hopefully we have better programs to help out people with addiction but
1: yeah i i would hope so probably not (laughs) i don't wishful thinking i feel like maybe probably
0: i don't know i feel like we we'd say that we do
1: yeah We assume that we do, because we should.
0: Um, but, yeah. Um, I think we touched on everything. I think so. Um, do you have anything else you want to throw in?
1: Um, no, I I mean, I liked it. I, I feel like I maybe would have liked it more if I saw it as a younger person.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> um, very, it's the but, type of movie yeah. you watch when you're really young and you're into it. And then... Yeah,
1: like, I I did, I understand the criticisms that's so like, it's a little, you know, pretentious and romantic and it's in its own head. But like, I think there's a no place for that. I don't think it's done <laughs> badly by any means. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I need to rewatch it now like with a more critical eye I think I don't think nice. I would enjoy it as much um but it's important to, to me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I was born in a pool that made my mother stand and I spat in that
0: surgeon in his trembling hand when I felt the lie I was worse. Lord, I stole the ducks in Scotland.